Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is that you're watching from and whatever time you're tuning in from. Maybe you're catching up later and I just want to say hello to those of you that do catch up later. And um, and I'll try and pay attention. If you leave comments, I'll hop in and, and respond maybe. Do you like that? I put a maybe on the end of that. Anyway, happy Friday. And um, for those of you that start celebrating the weekend today, Congratulations, you've made it. <laughs> I know, maybe. <laughs> Sometimes I don't see them and and that's fine too. I'll, I'll catch up eventually. I want to just jump in and, and talk about um, the name of the Lord. Um, I think that this is a really um, missed thing. Can I call it a thing? I don't know. Maybe that's not the right thing to say. This is like a missed opportunity where we have really neglected the name of the Lord and um, and, and just really not understood what that is all about. And let's just dive into scripture really quick in Proverbs 18, verse 10. And this is so funny to me because it's really in the middle of do you ever feel like, uh, oh, neglect is a good word. You're right. We have neglected the name of the Lord. Ouch. That stings just to say it. Um, anyway, Proverbs, does it ever feel like chaos to you a little bit? Because it's just kind of like all over the place. Um, this is no exception. Um, chapter 18. Did I say 10, 18? I probably did because I, I, I mess up scripture reference all the time. Anyway. Proverbs 18.10, it says, the name of Jehovah is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe or and is saved. Um, And this is so funny because verse nine says, he also who is slack in his work is brother to him who is a destroyer. (laughs) Clearly, like has nothing to do. And then 11, the rich man's substance is his strong city and like a high wall in his own imagination. I mean, it's like, this is seriously just like tossed in there for good measure. And I am here for it. I love it because this is exactly the point, right? Like the name of the Lord is really, it is just like in there. It's just there. It just exists. And it is a strong tower that we can run into, that we can apply to ourselves. And 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 we are safe. We are safe in the name of the Lord. And don't you love that? Proverbs 18:10. It is so beautiful. And I hope that it's just like going to be resonating in my spirit for days to come. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's the righteous who run into it and are safe. Are you running into the name of the Lord? That is the question of the hour. Are you running into the name of the Lord? And if not, what name are you under? Hmm. That's curious. Okay. I want to jump over to Acts and we're going to start at the end of chapter two. I I think that, um, that this really lays out it gives a really good illustration of of what this is talking what proverbs 1810 is talking about and just as my disclaimer i i i am no professional on this topic whatsoever this is something that that god has brought up in recent days 
and asked me to talk about it. So I'm just doing my best to throw it out there for you to consider. Yes, disclaimer noted. Um, by the way, hello, Lisa. Hello, Vince. Thank you for joining us. Um, anyway, so we're going to start in verse um, 37 of chapter two. And just for, for good measure, I want to remind you that Acts is starting off with the ascension of Jesus and, and the fellas gathering together in the upper room as Jesus told them to. He said, Terry, here, I'm sending the helper. And you guys, like, these, these people have proven over and over that they don't understand Jesus. <laughs> like, they don't, they don't really get it, but they trust him. <laughs> and so they have no clue as to what he's talking about, right? Like how many of you can admit that? Like when God is like, Hey, do this. And you're like, yeah, I'm just doing my best. <laughs> what, what obedience looks like here. That's what they're doing. Like they are not professionals by any means. They have messed this whole thing up time and time again. They've denied Christ. They've um, man, the whole thing is just, it's a hot mess. And, um, and, but they're, they're doing their best to, to follow through on what it is that, um, that Jesus is instructing them to do stay, pray together, be together, do your best to remind each other of who I am. Right. Like that, that's what they're doing in in the upper room. And, and what's really fascinating, this is something that God brought to my attention a few weeks ago was he was talking to me about Elisha and, um, and all of a sudden I realized like this moment with Jesus ascending is no different than the Elijah Elisha moment where, um, they're all the, all of them are standing near and watching Jesus ascend into the heavens. And that's exactly what Elijah said to Elisha, like, if you don't get distracted by the shiny things, right? If you see me go, then you will have a double portion of, of all that is mine. And, and, and Elisha did, he saw him go. And, and that's what this moment is like for them to be watching the Christ ascend into heaven. And, and, and there, theirs is a double portion and, and, and you see that take place in, um, in the beginning of Acts where, you know, they're, they're just tearing, whatever that means. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden a rushing wind fills the room. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. And tongues of fire are sitting on their heads. This is first thing in the morning and they all stumble out of this place and are, you know, accused of being drunk early in the morning. And they're like, not drunk as you suppose. Like, can you imagine like, they just like, this is an inexplainable moment. Like they don't have language for what just happened, right? They've been with Jesus and you know that they felt the power resonating off of him. They've done the things that he told them to do, right? So they've, they've experienced some of this, but now it's in them. It's on them. And, and it is just an exponential power that they're experiencing. Unbelievable. And, and then Peter, you know, who days prior had denied Christ and, um, 
I mean, we're talking like within the span of a little over a month, right? <laughs> Peter is denying Christ. <laughs> it's amazing. And, and here he is standing brave and courageous and overflowing with the spirit and gives the sermon of his life right before all these people. And anyway, so let's dive into that's, that's your background. Okay. Now you've been brought up to speed. So Acts 2 37. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, what should we do brothers? When they heard what, when they heard the teaching that he gave and basically Peter's giving them a history lesson of who they are, right? Like who they have been, what line they've come from. So when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, what should we do brothers? And Peter said to them, repent and each one of you be baptized upon the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the footnotes in my Bible, I'm just going to read them because I think that they're really fascinating. To be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ is to be baptized in the sphere of the name of Jesus Christ within which is the reality of the baptism. To be baptized into the name of Jesus Christ is to be baptized into the sphere of the name of Jesus Christ. What? The name of the Lord is a sphere that we can enter into. Remember Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. He's inviting them into the sphere of the name of Lord. Amazing. It is to be baptized into a spiritual union with the all-inclusive Christ, who is the embodiment of the triune God. We're invited into oneness. So this, it, he, I love that, you know, he's, he's giving this picture of like, um, it's a sphere, but within that is the union of the three in one, right? It stands for all that the person of Jesus Christ is and all that he has accomplished, both which constitute the belief or the faith of God's New Testament economy. It is on this ground that the believers in Christ are baptized and his name denotes his person, right? This is his character. So we can rush into his name like a strong tower and be under his character. Remember the 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 Bible tells us about the, the fruits of the spirit, right? Or, or as Bill Johnson just declared last week, the fruit of the spirit. It's like, it, it's, it's not like multiple choice. You don't get to pick and choose which ones you want. But when you run into his name, into the sphere of his name, that's where the fruit exists. And that's where the character of Jesus Christ is known. So awesome. Don't you love that? Anyway, verse 39, for to you, is the promise into your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this crooked generation. Those then who received his word were baptized, and they were added on that day about 3,000 souls. You guys. This very little of this they are doing in their their own power. 
they did an act of obedience. They tarried. They stayed together in the upper room and waited. It's what they did. They stumble out onto the streets, having no recollection of what was happening to them. <laughs> but they're going with it. They can't, they have no words to explain what is happening to them. They're just going with it. They have been possessed at this point. They have been brought into that strong tower place. And now they can't help but make declarations of who he is. It's what they're doing. 3,000 are added to them that day. 3,000 people choose to run into the name of the Lord. 3,000 people baptized into the union of the triune God. Okay, this is not making enough of the scene. 3,000 people baptized. It is already making a scene with, with these people stumbling out of the upper room onto the streets, right? Like this is already seen enough. Now, 3,000 people are being baptized and we're not talking because listen, they didn't separate the two. It wasn't like, we're gonna baptize you by water first and wait till you mature up a little bit. And then when we believe that you're mature enough, then we're going to go ahead and start talking to you about being baptized in the spirit. So maybe you can start functioning at a higher level. That's not how they did it. It was baptized by both water and spirit in the same moment. 3,000 people, three people make a lot of noise when they're experiencing this kind of transformation. All into the name of Christ. This is, this is, this is a wild scene. Can you, can you even picture it? Three thousand people exuberant about what they have just encountered. Let's go back to that footnote. Baptized in the sphere of the name of Jesus Christ. Brought in under the safety of the name of Jesus Christ. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I can tell like you're not moved enough. I can tell. You should be going wild right now. Whoever you are, there are four of you. I don't care. Four of you should be making more noise than this. Where were we? 42. And they continued steadfastly in the teaching and the fellowship of the apostles in the breaking of bread and the prayers. Do you see it? Like when you, when we are brought into the name of Jesus, things happen. These people are steadfast. In three things, the teaching and the fellowship of the apostles and breaking bread. You know how I know that we have not been brought into the sphere of the name of Jesus Christ? Because we're content with meeting together for two hours a week. We're not compelled to be together. There is a 
there is a, a, a synergy that happens when people come together. There's a synergy that's released in the moment within that people, but there's also a synergy that's released in the atmosphere when people come together. Yes, are you compelled to oneness? We're, we're not, and, and we know this because we're satisfied with our two hours a week. And most of us rush out of those two hours because we've got to get to the next thing. They continued steadfastly in the teaching and the fellowship of the apostles and the breaking of bread and to the prayers. These people are compelled by the sphere that they've been brought into. And you need to keep count. Okay. We're talking about 3000 plus people. 3,000 plus people are doing this. And fear was upon every soul. And many wonders and signs took place through the apostles. And all those who believed were together and had all things common. All things. When we are brought into the name of Jesus Christ, there's a commonality. It is the oneness that is taking place. And, and oneness is something that we make much of here within our organization. We talk about it a lot. However, we're not living it, let me confess. We are not compelled to oneness. It's just, it's not something that's happening. We've touched it, but we're not compelled to doing life together, to, to meeting together for the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to pray together. And we're small. We're not 3,000 people. 3,000 people, you guys. 3,000 plus people. It was 3,000 that were added to what already was. And the fear of the Lord was upon them all. This is a lot of activity. There's a lot of action going on. This would, this would stir a nation, 3,000 people under the fear of the Lord into the name of Jesus. Many wonders and signs took place and all who believed were together and had all things common. And they sold their properties and possessions and divided them to all as anyone had need. And day by day, continuing steadfastly with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they partook of their food with exultation and simplicity of heart. They, something as simple as a meal they exulted in. These people are fanatical about the name of Jesus. When was the last time you were fanatical about the name of Jesus? Think about it. The righteous rush into the name of Jesus. It's a strong tower. And before you like think in terms of silo, no, it's expansive. It's massive. The name of Jesus is, is his government. It's big. Chapter three. Now, Peter and John were going up into the temple at the ninth hour prayer. 
And a certain man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried there, whom they had laid day by day at the door of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those entering into the temple. And he, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, began to ask to receive alms. And Peter, gazing at him with John, said, look at us. And he turned his attention to them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, silver and gold I do not possess, but what I have, this I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise up and walk. And he seized him by the right hand and raised him up. And instantly his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up and about, he stood and began to walk. And he entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And they recognized him, that he was the one who had been sitting for alms at the temple's beautiful gate. And they were filled with amazement and astonishment at what happened to him. Okay, so let's, let's, let's go back to verse four. Peter sees him and he just simply says, look at us. Capture the man's attention. Look at us. And Peter said, I'm not offering you what it is that you're asking for. I've got something greater. I know the name. I'm in the name of Jesus, right? I'm in the sphere of the name of Jesus. And because I stand there, I have the authority to tell you to rise up. He extends the name of Jesus around this man that's been lame from birth. And we know that he was 40 years old because it says it in here. So 40 plus years, this man has, has, he's never walked. He's never walked. This is his life to go and sit at Gate Beautiful and ask for money. And Peter and John are the first to extend the name of Jesus to him. And really all they're doing is duplicating what they've seen Jesus do. Remember the man at the pool of Bethesda? He's laid there for years and he's given up hope. Every time I try to get to the water first, somebody gets in and steals the power. Jesus just simply says, do you want to be healed? So they're duplicating what it is that they have seen done. They extend the name of Jesus to this man and he gets up and he walks and he jumps around and just, okay, this is another scene. We have got to allow these stories to live, live, become alive in our imaginations. They're in the temple. This place is crowded. There are people everywhere and he is a known man. He's been sitting at Gate Beautiful for years asking for money. Some of them have probably even pitied him and gave him money, which he did not need. 
he needed the name of Jesus. And he's jumping about and dancing and he is worshiping. I mean, worship, you can just know like worship is exuding from this man. Like his life has been altered forever because he's been brought in to the sphere of the name of Jesus. And the people were astonished. Like what just happened? Verse 11. And while he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people ran together toward them at the portico called Solomon's greatly amazed. And when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, men of Israel, why are you marveling at this? Or why are you gazing at us as though by your own power or godliness, we have made him walk? The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant, Jesus whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a man who was a murderer be granted to you. And the author of life you killed, whom God has raised from the dead, of which we are witness. Love it when Peter throws down. And upon faith in his name, his name has made this man strong, whom you behold and know, and the faith which is through him has given him this wholeness of health before you all. Are you starting to see it? How his name is a sphere, a place for our our feet to land. by faith in the name of Jesus, that he has been made strong. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as also your rulers did. But the things which God announced beforehand through the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn that your sins may be wiped away so that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been previously appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must indeed receive until the times of the restoration of all things of which God spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. Moses said, a prophet will the Lord your God raise up unto you from your brothers like me. Him shall you hear in whatever things he speaks to you. And it shall be that every soul who does not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. And also all the prophets from Samuel and those in succession after him, as many as spoke also announced these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God covenanted with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant, has sent him to bless you in turning each of you away from your wicked deeds. Chapter four. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and announcing in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. 
And they laid their hands on them and placed them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Wow. 5,000. They're just adding. They're just duplicating. And on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, as well as Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of high priestly descent. That's interesting. And they stood them in the midst and inquired, by what power or in what name did you do this? Isn't this so curious? All the high priests, all those at the descent of the high priests have gathered together for this moment. And they have the ignorance and audacity to ask by what power and what name did you do this? Well, by the high priest's name. (laughs) Be a high priest and be the ignorant. That's so funny to me. Verse eight, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we today are being examined regarding a good deed done to a sick man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that in the name of Jesus Christ, The Nazarene, whom you crucified and whom God has raised from the dead. In this name, this man stands before you in good health. This is just fascinating to me. In this name. I've just never, I've never seen it like this before. I mean, God is like blowing my mind right now. That his name it's a place. It's a location. His name. Yeah, exactly. Get him, Peter. Peter is, Peter's hilarious to me. <laughs> Let it be known that it was you that crucified him. <laughs> in this name, this man stands before you in good health. And what's so awesome here is that, see, we... I, I'm going to say I, and you can join me in this confession if you want to. I have always seen the use of the name of Christ as something borrowed for a moment. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I declare moment to moment, borrowed moment by his name. But it is in his name into his name. We are entering into his name. This is not a momentary thing. See, we, we, when we grab hold of this, we will see the transformation that we've longed to see. When we're pulling people into this strong tower, they brought people into his name. They knew that it was altogether different. Altogether different. It's altogether other. This name being brought into his name. Okay. Where was I? 
11. This is the stone which was considered as nothing by you, the builders, which has become the head of the corner. And there is salvation in no other, for neither is there another name under heaven given among men in which we must be saved. Shall I read that again? This is the stone which was considered as nothing by you, the builders, which has become the head of the corner. I, I don't want you to miss this because he is, Peter is acknowledging that what it is that Christ said to him, right? Remember, who do you say that I am? And Peter's like, I got it. You're the Christ. You're the son of God. And God's, or Jesus is like, yeah, this has been revealed to you by my father. And upon that revelation, I will build my church. Until that moment, these high priests had been considered the builders, right? Like they're the ones that were responsible. They were the builders in the temple. They were the ones responsible for spiritual life. And Peter's like, you're the builders, but you missed it. The very cornerstone came to you and you missed it. And there is salvation in no other, for neither is there another name under heaven given among men in which we must be saved. And as they beheld the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated men and mere laymen, they marveled and they recognized them that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say against it. But they ordered them to go away outside, outside the Sanhedrin and conferred with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men? For that indeed a notable sign has occurred through them is manifest to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. Hi, Chris. But in order that this would not be spread further among the people, let us threaten them that they no longer speak based upon the name to anyone. And when they called them, they charged them not to utter anything at all, nor teach based upon the name of Jesus. I want you to note the difference. When Peter and John are talking about the name of Christ, it's a location. When the Pharisees, when these high priests are talking about the name of Jesus, it's a borrowed moment. Do you see the difference? There's a big difference by which they are both utilizing the name. It's completely different. And and unfortunately, this is how we've operated is under under this, this moment to moment, this temporary use of the name when Peter and John are revealing this as a location. The name of Jesus. And in fact, Solomon revealed it as a location when Proverbs was written. We started off reading that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. This was known ages ago that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. But we have been misguided. And just we've misunderstood the use of his name. Okay, so they tell them, you can't do anything by the use of this name anymore, which means nothing to them because they're not using his name. They're in his name. 
Are you getting it? Like, are you seeing the difference? Yes, that's a good, it's a good proverb. Okay. Verse 19. We're in um, Acts 4.19, Chris. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they released them, finding no way that they could punish them on account of the people because they all were glorifying God for what had happened. <laughs> for the man on whom the sign of healing had occurred was more than 40 years old. See, he's known. He's known in the community as a, a, a man who is disabled. And all of a sudden, he's not. He's romping around, dancing, probably much like Chris, and worshiping the Lord. <laughs> 23. And when they had been released, they went to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted up their voice with one accord to God and said, Sovereign Master, you are the one who has made heaven and earth and the sea and all things in them who through the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father, David, your servant has said, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do what your hand and your counsel predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threatenings and grant your slaves to speak your word with all boldness, while stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had so besought, the place in which they were gathered was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. There are 5,000 plus people. 5,000 plus people. They're all lifting their voices in one accord. There's a big difference between being brought into the name of Jesus and knowing about the name of Jesus. Those who know about the name of Jesus think that it's optional to release what is owed him. When you're brought into the name of Jesus, you're compelled to release what he is worthy of. 5,000 people lifted up their voice. 5,000 people crying out the worth of the lamb. 5,000 people adoring, spilling out their affections on one. This is incredible. 5,000 people. You guys, when we gather together, I mean, even if we're, so the the, the, the latest thing that I've been to that was large was 800 people. And I can tell you that there was never a moment where all 800 people were in one accord and pouring out their affections on Jesus. 
There was always a little bit of distraction in the room. Always 5,000 people are pouring out their affections on Christ. They were brought into the name of Jesus, into the location of the name of Jesus. amazing. What would we do with 5,000? I don't know. Without lights and smoke machines. Yeah, it's a big difference because they didn't actually take time to set up the stage and pull the instruments out and they didn't care about that. They didn't. They just, they lifted up, they lifted up their voices. It's amazing. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. This this is this is beyond tongue talking, okay? Like this isn't them uttering gibberish that nobody can understand. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And I think that's something else that that we misunderstand in in Acts when these things happened is that it, it wasn't like the newcomers were filled. They all experienced a new filling. They all were brought up to speed. This is a oneness like no other. There was no hierarchy taking place. Yes, they had, there were people leading the thing, like spearheading the thing, but they never once considered their, themselves greater than, right? They knew their role, which is completely different than, than hierarchy. They're all together in one place, lifting up their names and that's lifting up the name of Christ. And that's all they care about. That's all they care about. And they're all filled with the spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Can you imagine? I mean, like, utter chaos just chaos everybody preaching at once they're all preaching the gospel at one time this is amazing to me okay verse 32 and the heart and soul of the multitude of those who had believed was one and not even one said that any of his possessions was his own but all things were common to them this is miraculous this is nothing short of miraculous And with great power, the apostles gave testimony of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all for neither was anyone among them in need for as many as were owners of lands or of houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things which were sold and placed them at the feet of the apostles. And it was distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph who was surnamed Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated to son of encouragement, a Levite, a Cyprian by birth, who possessed a field, sold it and brought the sum of money and placed it at the feet of the apostles. This is, this is outlandish, right? I mean, it is, it's like, I hope we're aching for this, but we have not even begun and there, there is so much talk right now about God building different spaces of Goshen all over the earth. And that's what this is. It's like they had no needs among themselves. They, they considered 
anything that they once had as everyone's. This is now yours. I once had this and it was under my name. But now we're all under the same name. Therefore, it's ours. Do you see the difference? It's a shocking difference. We have been brought into a salvation experience that still allows us to be I, me, mine. But when you're brought into the name of Christ, into the sphere of the name of Jesus Christ, you think differently. You act differently. These people didn't care. They did not care. They were shaken. Yeah. The place they were gathered was shaken. I mean, this is beyond just the shaking of our physicality. The things around them are shaking because of the influence of the name of Jesus Christ. I feel like every time his name, the territory that his name covered was just expanding. It's beautiful. And this is followed up by the demise of Ananias and Sapphira. And it is because they were in the name, they were brought into the name of Jesus Christ. And you can't lie there. You can't deceive there. It's not allowed. There's no allowance for it, clearly. Because Ananias brings the offering. And I love it because, because it's laid out so beautifully and, and, and says that the property was Ananias's. The money that came from it was Ananias's. But he lied. He could have given whatever he wanted. But because a, a, um, an example had already been made through Barnabas who sold his entire property and came and laid the money down at his feet. And, and clearly much was made of this act. So Ananias and Sapphira attempt to step into the same thing and they can't do it because their hearts aren't there, but they were trying to gain that same attention and that same affection instead of realizing that theirs is to release attention and affection. And it says that Peter just tells him that Satan has filled your heart and you have been deceived and you've tried to deceive the Holy Spirit. And um, and that he simply fell down and expired. Guys, we need the fear of the Lord. We need to regard the name of Jesus Christ. One, so we can do the fun things. I want to see these things. I want to be in a building that shakes. I want to be in a building where all the voices are lifting up the name of Jesus in one accord, even if there's just 10 people there. I want these things. But it's going to require a level of regard for the majesty of Jesus Christ. We need the fear of the Lord. It is of utmost importance right now that we leave everything else and rush the throne room 
so we can better understand the power of the name of Jesus Christ. I've had an encounter recently that I want to share with you. And it's it happened very, very quickly. I was just I was in a space of worship and and in the middle of this, I was struck by the name of Jesus. And I be, I, I honestly I fell to the ground and I just began weeping and and crying out. You guys, this was utter possession because my heart and my mind have not caught up to this. Can I just be very honest about that? This is total a possession kind of moment where a Holy Spirit took over and became me and began to 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 cry out on my behalf. Is that am I explaining that okay? Do we understand? Um it, it fell to the the ground and I began to cry out that above all else, that the name of Jesus Christ would be protected, that his name, I mean, like sobbing, it became the most important thing in my world in that moment, that his name would be protected. And it was like begging, protect your name, Jesus. I want your name. protected. I mean, I just kept repeating the same thing over and over and over. And, and in that moment, nothing else mattered. Absolutely nothing else mattered except for the name of Jesus. And I began to understand as this was transpiring that his name is a location. His name is a space we really can rush into. His name is where we, we live and move and have our being. And as he was leading this whole thing, and he was, he began to shift my prayer from this stance of fierce protection over his name to asking that his name be applied to me. And I, and I got to tell you that there were two things transpiring. One, there was a serious holiness on this moment of, 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 wanting his name protected above all else. And there was also this knowledge of, of the feebleness of man, of how the things that we reach for are a rundown shack by comparison to his name. And these things are so hard to talk about because I just don't know if I'm, I'm doing a good job at vocalizing what it is that took place because it was so holy and it's hard to talk about holy things. But in the middle of knowing that, the, the comparison of what it is that we reach for that is so lame compared to his name, the power of his name, and then him asking me to begin to ask that his name be applied to me. I felt so flattened, <laughs> so completely small by comparison to the size and the power and the prominence and, and the, the space that his name takes up. And then without like 
a moment going by, there was the Lion of Judah, like right in my face. And he opens up his mouth and he swallows me whole. And it was terrifying and satisfying all at the same time. I think we need a better understanding of his name. His name is not flimsy. His name is not weak. His name is not optional. We're to be known by his name. His name is fierce and it's dangerous and it's compassionate in the real way, not false. It's a strong tower. It's a mighty fortress. It's a storehouse. All these things that we long for, that we want to see, that we yearn to see, they're all found within the space of his name. But we have to understand the ferocity of his name. And it is the righteous who are welcome there. How do we attain righteousness? By entering in, spending time with the Lamb, and allowing Him to make deposits of holiness. We have to regard Him. We have to make much of who He is, and we really can't afford to tolerate spaces of where we've gathered together and not everyone is magnifying his name. We can't, that's compromise. We're going to gather together. It needs to be under his name. And it's not right now. It's optional. We need to know his name. We need to know him. We need to learn how to serve him. Mm, Jesus. You have brought us into seasons of great humility. And we hear, we hear your demand lower still. And I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would fall on us in a way that helps us to understand, to discern, and to know the power of your name. That we would be swallowed up by your name. We would make much of your name, Jesus. 
we would enter into your name, that we would become fanatical about your name. Jesus, we acknowledge that all things are found there in the sphere of your name. We honor you. We make much of who you are. We just confess right now that we live to magnify your name on the earth. Draw us into your holiness, deeper still. Teach us to behold you. To sit at your feet and not be satisfied but by anything else but you. You are what we long for. You are what we crave. You are what we need. You're what we desire. It's all you, Jesus. I love you. Amen. All right. Guys, I bless your your weekend. Spend time with Jesus. Just spend time with Jesus. Love you.